Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Scott Luton and Kevin L. Jackson here with you on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's live stream. Kevin, how are you doing? I'm recovering. Isn't this Recovery Monday after Super Bowl Sunday? Uh, I'll tell you, it has been uh, it's been a busy weekend, huh? Yeah, yeah, and that was a good game. You know, sometimes you're worried about if um, wasting my time looking at the looking at the game, but it was really good game, back and forth, good good skills. I mean, that suit the uh, halftime show was uh, was really good. I mean, I, I enjoyed yesterday. I had too many wings. <laughs> well, congrats. As you brought up, of course, the big game, uh, the Super Bowl, where the Chiefs took on the Eagles and Chiefs pulled it out uh, right I'm last night. Greg is in yelling. <laughs> uh, I, I heard something, you know, near the end right there. That's probably him. <laughs> Undoubtedly. <laughs> so big congrats to Greg White, who is on assignment today, as we like to say, and all of the Kansas City Chiefs uh, fandom. Uh, and Kevin, it was good to see you Friday. Uh, Friday night as we uh, oh, made yeah. a trip to uh, to D.C. and you and I were able to to grab dinner and, and lots of camaraderie. Oh, oh, that was great. Thank you very much for, for coming up. I mean, we had some great oysters and the steak was oh, superb. Um, so, uh, we, you know, it was, it was nice, warm, warm February evening um, uh, in, in the D.C., the nation's capital. We're about a, a block from the White House and uh, – yeah, it was great to uh, spend some time together there, uh, uh, Scott. Well, really enjoyed it, and thanks for your hospitality. But folks, hey, uh, welcome to today's show. It's a very special edition of the Supply Chain Buzz. So as always, every Monday at 12 noon Eastern time, uh, me and the team uh, bring you the latest news and developments across global business. But today, uh, Kevin, we're going to spend a lot of time uh, discussing the, the really heartbreaking disaster that's unfolding yes. in Turkey and Syria. Um, of course, that's been caused by that tremendous earthquake uh, about a week or so ago. Uh, it's, it's just to see the footage coming in and, and the updates on the casualty numbers. It's just really uh, heartbreaking. We've got Kevin, we'll get your take on it in just a second, but we've got a couple of special guests mm -hmm. joining us around 1222. Who, <laughs> we're a bit exact around here, about 1220, 1225. 1222.5. 20, <laughs> okay. Yes. The pilot in you is coming out. <laughs> but kidding aside, we're going to be talking about relief operations and how you can help Our listeners everywhere. So um, so join us as we put the light on that. So, Kevin, I'll tell you, yeah. it, it's just been um, uh, painful to see what's been taking place over the last week uh, there in uh, uh, Turkey and Syria in the region, right? Yeah. You know, one of the uh, things, I mean, it's it's bad enough to have to deal with a natural disaster, something you have real no control over, right? But uh, I hear all the reports about the the buildings that didn't meet code, even mm. though there was laws in place uh, to prevent these buildings from pancaking, and something they called architectural amnesty, mm. where even though the buildings were being built under the law, uh, the builders were basically given amnesty not to follow mm. the uh, requirements for, for earthquakes. And mm. and I guess up to two-thirds of the buildings that actually collapsed were under this amnesty. Mm. That, that doesn't make any sense. So that's, that's like a man-made layer of disaster mm. on, on top of this natural catastrophe. Well, we're going to learn a lot more. And again, I think my favorite part of this conversation, that there could be a favorite one, but we're going to be offering ways for anyone to help, no matter how, how many resources you have, how little resources, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter, um, you know, uh, because help, lots of help is needed. So stay tuned again, about 1220, 1225, we have got a couple of guests joining us. Um, all right. So let's say hello to a few folks, and then we're going to share a couple of program notes, and then we're going to uh, tackle a couple um, news stories. And then Kevin... Uh, we're going to mm -hmm. talk a little bit about cloud computing. So we got a, we've got a fast moving 
uh, episode of the Supply Chain Buzz here today. Um, first, Kevin, if you're buckled up, I want to say hello to Christine in the Bronx. Christine, great to have you back <sighs> with us. <laughs> you got your seatbelt on, I see. I'm my seatbelt on. <laughs> Prashana, uh, tuned in via LinkedIn from Nepal. Great to see you here. Of course, we've got um, Amanda and Catherine behind the scenes making things happen. Really appreciate what they do. And, hey, Leah Luton uh, from Aiken, South oh. Carolina, says, heard a lot of great things about you, Kevin. Would love to meet you one day. How about Kevin? You- well, uh, we're going to make that happen, absolutely. But I don't know. Scott, you know, he'd be saying things about me. I may have to straighten them. <laughs> Your ears no, may have been burning. I was, I was, I was bragging <laughs> about those uh, stone crab uh, uh, dish we had. But hey, oh, they were sweet too. I mean, yeah. something. Um, Chris Stout come, uh, tuned in from Chicago via LinkedIn. Great to see you, Chris. Uh, Annie tuned Windy in from City. Toronto via LinkedIn. Ahmad, Ahmed, Ahmed from Egypt via LinkedIn. Great to see y'all. Um, okay, so let's do this. Let's uh, share a couple of. Um, Programming notes, folks, we want to invite you to join us March 21st webinar on five tips for creating effective digital content. We've got Ursula Ringham from SAP and Brandy Boatner from IBM. We've got the link to join in the chat, and we'd welcome you all to join us. Um, also, Kevin, speaking of resources, U.S. Bank Freight Payment Index for fourth quarter 2022 is now available. Uh, chock full of insights from the domestic freight market uh, from late last year. And folks, it's easy. You can download it for free. You can go to freight.usbank.com and uh, get your own copy there. Okay, Kevin, have you been managing your fleet lately, your fleet effectively uh, lately? <laughs> you know, I haven't been too effective in anything lately. Ask my wife. So <laughs> I, 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 I've been I, trying. I, man, I, I don't believe that for a single minute. I do not believe that for a single minute. Um, all right. So, Kevin, I want to do this. We got to get through a lot of content to help inform uh, our listenership. We got 10 pounds in a five pound bag today. Man, we sure do. But um, we wouldn't have it any other way. So, let's hit our first news story of the day. In fact, I'm going to hit three news stories that folks should be tracking, Kevin. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to give you a chance to comment on the other side. Okay. So, bear with all me right. here. We're I mean, like the micro machine man from the 80s. Remember that commercial, Kevin? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So first off, according to our friends at Supply Chain Dive, 47 companies thus far have committed to participating in Vice President Harris's call to action for Northern Central America. It's a broad attempt at creating more opportunity in the region to address some of the root causes of mass migration. Uh, for example, Target has committed to increase its spend with its suppliers in El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras by $300 million dollars. By 2033. How about that? That's huge. Uh, Columbia Sportswear will spend as much as $200 million on products uh, from the Northern Central America region, which they say will result in almost 7,000 jobs. So, Kevin, that is making quite an impact um, or a, a future impact. Your quick thoughts there, Kevin. About time that we, you know, understand and focus and support the, the um, our, our hemisphere in, in South America That's and right. uh, economics is, is is critical to not just to the globe of course but to uh, peace and stability in this part of the world yeah well said well said all right I, I mentioned these would be quick hitters so I'm going to move into the second news story and this is uh, comes to us reported by the commercial carrier journal. Bit of a new, uh, a little bit of news on the autonomous trucking front. So, Embark Trucks, stick with me here for a minute, Kevin. Embark Trucks, which is an autonomous trucking tech startup, try to say that seven times fast, has <laughs> delivered its first smart truck to Night Swift Transportation. Now, the carrier is going to own and operate the autonomous capable tractor, offering mm. critical data gathering to both Embark Trucks and uh, the carrier itself, Night Swift Transportation. Now, Embark CEO was quoted as saying that the initial step of the partnership will help the company, quote, move from the R&D and pilot phase towards commercial, uh, commercialization, end quote. So, Kevin, yeah. uh, really important as we're you know rolling out something that's going to change the game eventually as much as autonomous trucking will. Uh, will 
you know, all that critical yeah. data gathering to, to figure out how to best commercialize the technology, right? It's critical. Right, right. Absolutely. And all underlying all of this is artificial intelligence. Um, and like last week, I guess, Microsoft Bing launched their version with chat uh, GPT. Yep. Artificial intelligence is slipping into every aspect of our, our lives. So, um, you know, uh, be aware. Be aware. Be aware. Good way to be. Um, all right. Uh, let's see here. We're going to say hello to Shelly Phillips, tuned in from Colorado, one of our faves around here uh, via LinkedIn. Kevin, you've seen Shelly mm -hmm. numerous times uh, when you've been on the show with us, right? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Welcome. And Brandy Priest is back from Texas. I want to say Central Texas. I enjoyed her perspective not too long ago. So great to have you here, uh, Brandy. Um, okay. So Kevin, we are going to, we're moving right along here, moving at the uh, speed yeah. of light it feels, but this is an interesting story. So this comes to us from our dear friend, a uh, great read by Kelly Barner and the procurement buzz. I like that title. <laughs> um, so yeah. Kevin, get this, this, she writes on the, all about the dark side of the Super Bowl guacamole mm. supply chain. So this is a bit eye opening and we're not going to do it justice here in a, in a couple minutes, but uh, we'll point y'all to the, the full article. So did you know that 20% of annual avocado sales in the U S take place in one weekend? So oh, wow. can you believe that 20%? Um, now Mexico farmers have to up shipping volume, some 30 to 40% in the weeks leading up to Super Bowl weekend to meet that demand, to meet the demand. But Kevin bad actors, and there's, there's too many of them these days, it seems. They see an immediate opportunity to cash in on the green gold, as Kelly writes about. And two to, now this is going to blow your mind, two to three 10 ton trucks filled with avocados are stolen per day during this football driven wow. busy season. Wow. So, folks, that's just the tip of the iceberg. You can read a lot more. Uh, you can read a lot more about the avocado supply chain and the latest procurement buzz, which we have just dropped in the chat. All right, so Kevin, can you believe that? Did you know that there was a guacamole cartel? Right. Evidently, <laughs> man. This um, is this is uh this. You know, there is the undersides in every aspect of of every business. I mean. You know, we're we're human, unfortunately. So uh, uh, you you have to though understand your business processes, the origin of all your of, of your your content and components of what, whatever product you bring in the market, and you have to do your best to right. um, support the the social goals uh, that will will help our global society. Right. And and make sure you're fully aware of all the different risks. There's always risk in your blind spot. Right. Yes. And we've gotten yes. seems like uh, not to not to put too much of a generalization around it, but we've gotten a little bit better and better understanding risk at least. But uh, man, it's unbelievable this read. So folks, don't take our word for it. You can check out uh, the link to the dark side of the Super Bowl walk supply chain via the uh, the procurement buzz. Check that out. And also Sharifa. Great to see you here via LinkedIn, tuned in from Bangladesh. Um, okay. And Shelly also agreed. Great reading avocados. She had no idea it was that dangerous. Kelly always brings it. Mm. Shelly, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Ke Kelly and Kevin both always bring it. It's like the U.S. mail. The K's always bring it, man. Don't you know? <laughs> well, so speaking of, Kevin, what a great segue. Speaking of, I want to pick your brain. We've got an opportunity oh, okay. to share some of your expertise before. Again, folks, we're going to be bringing on a couple of dear friends and special guests here in just about 10 minutes as we talk more about uh, the ongoing earthquake recovery operations and relief initiatives in Turkey and Syria. So stay tuned uh, momentarily. Um, all right. So, Kevin, one last topic yeah. before we bring on our guest. Did you know that the global cloud supply chain management market is set to hit some $10.3 billion by 2030, just seven years away, seven years, over $10 billion. So, Man. Kevin, as we said pre-show, you've literally written the book on cloud computing, several of them, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, help our right. listeners out. Um, Kevin, if I were to pose this question to you, you know, what are three, just three, of the top things uh -huh. that leaders should consider when implementing cloud solutions in their organization? What would your take be? 
Well, the very first thing I'd, I'd like to say is that a lot of people think cloud is a fad of the past, right? Cloud computing is so, you know, 2020, <laughs> 2021. But it's the number one thing is don't ignore the cloud because it is the foundation for all of the advanced business capabilities and functions that all businesses want to implement. Things like what we were just talking about, artificial intelligence and robotic process engineering um, and, and search, things like you know search. All of that is possible and enabled by cloud computing. So you still need to know and understand cloud computing. Yeah. The, the number, number two thing is that don't be confused. Cloud computing is not about technology. Okay, people always want to say, well, that's a techie thing. No. <laughs> You've been quoting me, Kevin. You're quoting yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> okay. That $10.3 billion by 2030, I think that's a lowball number, okay? Um, because cloud computing is about implementing new business models. Mm. And that that all the time, it means redesigning your existing business models. If you don't do that, you're not leveraging the advantages of cloud computing. So cloud computing is about business. It's not about technology. Um, and finally, if you're going to leverage the cloud and you're going to improve your business with cloud computing, focus on cultural change, mm. cultural change. That is the most important important ingredient for success when it comes to comes to cloud you know it's something that affects your entire organization it's a change in the mindset mm. um, it is a linkage between all of your business processes between understanding the data that you need to deliver your products and services and the value that your end customers want and linking that in near real time with real time data. That's what cloud computing is on about all about. And it's a, it's a different mindset. You know, I really appreciate how you approach that. I think a couple of those, a couple of your three items might be very counterintuitive for many of our listeners out there. Mm. Um, now, if folks want to learn more, uh, I know you're, you, you've got training, you've got books, you've got a great new app. Um, yeah. And I think we've got a link to that. So how would you invite folks to learn more um, and, and connect with you, Kevin? Yeah, we just launched the digital business app. Um, it's available um, for Android and Apple. We just went over about 2,500 members uh, last week. And embedded into that is uh, training education. You can actually uh, get a ment mentorship um, services. Uh, a lot of the information that we provide on digital transformers about yep. um, how to digitally transform uh, your business and, and your industry. And in the uh, next, uh, next few weeks or so, we're actually going to be um, launching with the Middle East uh, and North African Cloud Alliance, a whole new certification okay. uh, called the Cloud Champion um, about cloud computing. Um, and we'll be providing continuous professional education uh, on cloud computing through the app that you can use for other certifications as well. Love it. So um, hopefully we can put the uh, link in uh, for... Uh, digital business, the new digital business app. Love it. We've got a link there in chat. Y'all check that out. Uh, engage, connect, inform, get educated. It is certainly a revolutionary time. Uh, and, and this week, folks, by the way, uh, stay tuned for an episode that Kevin and I did um, with mm. our friends from Intel and, and several others where we focused on yeah, Microsoft. What, that's right. We're focused on what manufacturing leaders have to keep in mind when it comes to cloud computing. So stay tuned for that. That was a great show, actually. I, I enjoyed that and learned a lot. 
I think I left that show with at least three certifications, uh, Kevin. <laughs> so, uh, but I really appreciate you sharing and de- helping to de- demystify how we look at cl- cloud computing. Um, all right, so Kevin, we hmm. um, we are two minutes ahead of schedule. How about that? So I love the way you engineer this stuff, Scott. <laughs> we try. We try. <laughs> now the second, the second, Kevin, as you know, the second half of our uh, discussion here on the supply chain buzz is going to be much different than the first half, uh, as we've been all again watching this disaster mm. unfold in Turkey and, and Syria in that region. So we got two very special guests we want to bring in here for the next segment, a couple segments of today's supply chain buzz. Mm. Want to welcome in um, Selen Green, communications lead with the Turkish Philanthropy Funds, and Koray Koze, Senior Director Analyst with Gartner. Hey, Celine, how are you doing? Hello. Thank you so much, Scott, for having us on here. I'm uh, I'm okay, just like the rest of us. I think the emotions are running high, and we, we're all watching from afar and, and feeling it as if we are in Turkey currently. Mm. Well, uh, you know, um, that's a stupid question I should not open with, but it comes from a, um, a, a conversation starter um, position, if, if, if you can forgive me. But, and this might go without saying, but really on behalf of our entire Supply Chain Now family, we want to extend our prayers and sympathy to all that are suffering from this heartbreaking disaster. And thanks to you and Karai Kose. Karai, good morning. How are you doing? Very well, sir. I am doing well. Um, uh, as Celine expressed, uh, we try and, and thanks to you, get a platform to inform uh, the supply chain leaders here uh, mm. about what's unfolding because there is a human aspect to this as much as there is a supply chain aspect and supply chain can become the source of relief. So I reached out to you and Kevin and I'm uh, very grateful for you providing this platform and thank you so much for that. Uh, we're so happy to be able to be of service. That's right. Uh, thank you, Kevin. I echo that. And it's part of who we are, you know. Um, so thank you, both of you business leaders that are doing something about it. You know, Karai, you and I had a, uh, a great LinkedIn exchange earlier because, you know, whether it's about modern slavery, whether it's about sustainability, whether it's about educating the next generation. And in this case, responding to a tragedy, I admire uh, by uh, fellow leaders that have a bias for action. So thanks for being here today to help folks better understand, including how folks can help. So, um, so Lynn, let's start with you. Um, so tell us about uh, TPF, Turkish Philanthropy Funds, and, and what the organization does. Yeah, thank you. So Turkish Philanthropy Funds was established in 2007, and it is a um, leading charity um you know, established to really amplify the voices of Turkish and Turkish Americans living in the U.S. that uh, wanted to get involved with philanthropy and giving back. Since its inception, we have um, mobilized over 55 million and invested over 28 million in grants with partners focused on addressing uh, disaster relief, socioeconomic growth, gender equality, uh, environmental needs, and so much more. We also have over 70 plus partners that are NGOs and civil service industries in Turkey, as well as um, supported over 300 projects and have over 10,000 donors and have helped save or helped touch over a million lives. That, that's uh, great. You've been doing some uh, great work. I've had the opportunity to actually visit Turkey. Uh, I did a um, a century bike trip uh, uh, from Anatolia, and uh, it was just a beautiful mm. country. Wow! Uh, so it was so hard to, to hear about the, the tragedy. Tragedy yep. there. Hey, Kevin, if I can interject just for a quick second here, because Karai, you shared something pre-show. My apologies, Kevin. Karai, you shared something pre-show that I think is really important for our listeners. Because uh, as you were identifying how to help and which organization to partner with, I think you and the Gartner team did some research. Yes, we looked at uh, several funds that have a direct impact and low operations costs. I'm thankful to our CSR director also uh, pointing me into the right direction. That's how the connection with TPF started. As Gartner, we provide um, charity match per employee up to $5,000 in charities donation. Um, and with the help of TPF, you have other uh, sources of matching it and maximizing your dollar to become two or even more dollars in this, in this environment. 
environment. So the more uh, matching and philanthropy we can uh, channel and uh, centralize, uh, the better. So I'm really grateful for both organizations to have found each other and collaborating. Agreed. Thank you for that, Karas. Very important information for our listeners. All right. So, Kevin, my yeah. apologies. Now, let, let's move forward and learn more and more with uh, Celine. Yeah, um, I was just uh, saying it's a beautiful country. I've, I, I, I've enjoyed, I enjoyed my, my my time there, and it would hurt me to my heart to hear mm-hmm. about the, the the earthquake. Although, I mean, there's been many um, earthquakes uh, I've learned recently uh, in that part of the world. But can you give me a, uh, give us an update on the tragedy? Right? Um, what are the top priorities uh, in terms of the uh, needed? relief and aid. So I really want to reiterate that this is going to be a long-term recovery. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, we are prioritizing the current needs, but also working with our partners to identify the long-term needs and how to strategize the long-term support. So uh, as of right now, I I mean, I guess, um, there's, there has been 10 cities that were impacted and thousands mm-hmm. of buildings that have collapsed and over 36,000 uh, people have lost their lives and, and the death toll is expected to go up. So what we are working with and how we're working to support is really we have direct communication to our partners on the ground. So we're getting in real time updates of what the needs are, uh, where they are and and how we can support them. So um all these partner organizations are vetted organizations and, uh, you know, there's a process that we go through to get them to be a partner. And then there's also um, a Offit platform organization that umbrellas or uh, nonprofit organizations that work for disaster relief specifically. And we are a part of that umbrella. So we are always in direct communication right now. The immediate needs of the survivors are food, fuel, clean water, medicine, shelter, restrooms, heat, and we're working with our partners to get them those. Yeah, this we got, don't forget that. I mean, it is the middle of winter. I saw some uh, videos of the, the snow and it's just uh, horrible. Mm. Hey, Karai, you were sharing, and, and thank you for that, uh, Celine. Karai, you were sharing pre-show about um, you know how important it is to work with vetted folks on the ground on targeted supplies, so that other non you know less important supplies don't clog up the relief operations. Can you speak to that briefly while we still have Celine here? Yeah, in supply chain terms, it sounds a bit cold, but we call it the second disaster after disaster strikes, clogging up supply chains with uh, really good intentions, but not necessarily goods that help in that moment. Um, Hence, we tend to uh, react quickly thinking that specific goods shipments would be better. But quite honestly, those goods generally prove to be acquired locally better then sent over from basically the other side of the planet. So funding is becoming the currency or the currency becomes the way we can we can help them. But when utilizing currency, we need to make sure that we put it into the hands that are reputable organizations that don't necessarily have extremely high operative costs so that are efficient. And then that they also have a sense for urgency, but longitude of this. So not just making an impact like in the next two weeks and then disappear, we spent $10 million in the next two weeks, great. And then what's going to happen after two weeks, right? So that balance is really important to be uh, to be looked for. So, and Kara, that's where some of the Gartner research into um, selecting a TPF was a good partner, and one that that you would encourage other folks to um, to connect and support. So that's very helpful there. Hey, Kevin, I'm gonna circle back yeah. to Selin in just a second here as we as we make sure folks know how to connect and have links and what and how to support and how to connect and then have links and, and all. But Kevin, we were just talking on the front end, all the, the bad actors on so many different levels, digital, in real world, you know, real yeah. life, you know, metaverse, you name it, Kevin, you're everywhere. Yeah, one, one thing, I know that there's a GoFundMe uh, being set up for this, but there's probably 10 uh, fraudulent GoFundMes on the uh, internet mm. for every one that's, that's actually... Uh, doing the, the right thing and providing value. So be careful. Don't just, I mean, it it it, it plucks at your heartstrings, right? And yes. you want to give, you want to give, but 
don't give it to the bad guys, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> be, this vetting is is critical, and and Gartner has has done the right thing. But more important, uh, TPF is didn't just start when the earthquake did, right? right they have right. a history. They've vetted all of their partners. They have established partners in the region route, and and they have the the understanding, the background. Um, to make this happen, to make yes. it, you know, deliver the the, the value and the uh, relief that's yep. necessary. Kevin, well said, folks, do your homework, right? Do your homework. And if you don't have time to do your homework, go with who the fuck, I mean, you know, if Gartner recommends and, and their research team's done the homework, lean on folks like that. Uh, Celine, uh, if you could speak to some of what we're talking about in, in terms of you know, wanting to make sure every dollar gets with the good actors out there that that have the ability to to truly help. Speak to that a minute, and then also speak to um, how can folks support what TPF is doing. Thank you. Yes. So I we have have a long term um, track record with relief. So in since 2011, we have facilitated more than three million dollars in disaster relief donations, and 100 percent of your donation goes to the vetted organizations on the ground. Um, if you go to our site, you'll be able to see the past impact reports and our annual reports to see where those uh, disaster relief efforts and the finances and everything went and how who they supported what they supported to see from the past to kind of showcase what you'll be seeing coming up from what we're doing right now so if um you know if you want to look at that we also have high ranks from charity evaluators you can find us on better business bureau you can find us on candid you can find us on charity navigator great nonprofits and so we we have been vetted and we do the vetting for the organizations on the ground we specifically work with organizations uh, that we have worked with for years and continue to work with those that have been vetted under Office platform to make these help. And as far as your second question, what the immediate needs are right now is kind of piggybacking off what Kodai said. Um, yes, monetary donations will go further and, and be more supportive because like you said, you know, people want to do something immediately and out of the goodness of their heart, they, they want to donate whatever they have on hand, but it is a lot easier for us to work with partners on the ground to get those supplies and to get them to the places that are needed than to send from over here uh, in, in the U.S. Um, did I answer those all the questions? No, you did. It, it, no, I, I can only imagine yeah. all that you and your team are absorbing and processing. I mean, this is a, a horrible, horrible you know, set of circumstances to have to conduct an interview with that as a backdrop. So thank you for your time here today. I want to be really uh, pointed with our listeners because folks, we, we want to make it really easy for you to support. If you got $5, if you've got $5 million, Hey, we've got a link here to TPF's uh, Turkey earthquake relief fund. Check that out. I think I shared a graphic a moment ago. Uh, they are talk about ambitious. Imagine the impact they're going to make. They've almost raised $7 million. $10 million is their goal. They're connected. They're vetted. Um, they're getting limited resources to where they need to go to, to, to people um, that are suffering from, from this ter- terrible, terrible tragedy. So, um, May I add one so, more thing? I'm please. Sorry. Yeah, please do. Uh, you know, and we work quickly to respond to these needs. We've already sent out 10 grants and you can find that information on our website. So, you know, our, our goal is really to be as quick as possible to respond to these needs, be mm. uh, in direct communication with our partners, really addressing everything and looking at the long term of it as well. So though we're focusing currently on the immediate, uh, we are also looking at developing a plan for the future because this is going to be a long road. Yeah. Excellent point. And we're going to uh, dive in more. We want to be very respectful of your time here today, uh, Celine. Uh, we're going to dive in more into what you mentioned with Karai in just a moment. But uh, Karai, before we bid adieu, I'm going to get you and Kevin's, uh, both of your final words here while we still have uh, Celine with us. Uh, Karai, any final words about the uh, the noble mission that T- that Celine and, and TPF is on? 
Yeah, just think about like the size of the team they're operating and how they're actually scaling this up, which connects very well what Kevin says uh, week after week that digital business is key to scale up and also to uh, to have reach new frontiers. So an organization out of the U.S. having such an impact on the other end of the world with funding that is, I mean, like if, if you look at their expense reports for themselves, what they're handling is 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 immense. And so I want to say again, the appreciation to Cillian and the team that they're creating such an impact with such a lean operation. And also to all the technology leaders to really, you know, emphasize time and again, digital business per se is the ability to scale up your impact positively. And um, also the last word here, yes, um, are there people who are opportunistic and negatively utilizing this situation? Absolutely. So the more you can vet uh, and the more you just take a step back and think before acting, the more your relief will reach the right uh, people with the with the right mm. needs at the right point in time. So that's probably what yeah. Um, and $7 million is amazing. So Celine, I mean, I don't know. I'm speechless because a week ago, a week ago when I first connected, the goal was 100K, okay? So I thought I was wow. doing great, right? And not I was doing great, but everybody who was connected with me were doing great. Now looking at 10 million, that is absolutely amazing. And in a place Jeez, where, yeah. you know, I mean, think about like how much that means. So uh, I'm speechless. Yeah, yeah. Kevin, your final word. So in times like this, it's really about relationships. It's the human connection that matters. Now, digital business is a force multiplier for those human relationships. And, and that's what you saw, Corey, going from 100,000 to 10 million. That's the, the right relationships being, you know, putting, you know, uh, the boost uh, on the uh, force multiplier, using right? digi yeah, using digital technology and digital business uh, to to amplify the value of that human relationship and that human connection mm. uh, that Salen and her team has. So, um, thank you for all you do. Uh, absolutely. I want to echo that. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Karai. Uh, Selin, we've got the link, direct link. Folks can click this link, takes them straight to that donation site where folks can make the donation. We, of course, really urge uh, folks do that. Um, but your final word, how can folks, anything else you'd like to share uh, beyond that link and uh, invite folks to do, challenge folks to do? I welcome that here in your final word. Um, I welcome folks to continue sharing, um, you know, our impact, the number that you saw there, actually, it's probably higher than that, because we've had a YouTube fundraiser by um, uh, going on for the last seven days as well. So I think that generated around $600,000 plus the Instagram fundraiser plus other wow. other things. So I, we really do believe we will hit our goal of 10 million. But because this is going to be such a long term um rebuilding effort uh all donations are welcome all support is welcome and thank you so much for having us on here and and recognizing the work that we're doing recognizing the disaster that's going on and and Korai, thank you for your kind words about our team too yeah we are a team of four so it's actually every wow. day i'm so proud of my our team for all the work and all uh, the networking and the connections and all those who donated and supported our efforts so please uh, follow us on social media to see like real-time updates and thank you for everything. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Celine Green Communications Lead with Turkish Philanthropy Funds. Leading a noble mission. Hearts are with you. Let us know. We're, we'll stay connected and thanks for your time here today under these circumstances. Thank you. Have a great day, everyone. You too. You know, talk about bias for action and outcomes, which of course... And technology. I mean, bring it back to technology. I mean, Team of four, everything she mentioned was technology. Mm. Everything she mentioned yeah. was amplifying reach, like Kevin has saying that for time and again, right? So mm. that's amazing. Philanthropy is a business model too, right? <laughs> Just what I was talking about before. We're, we're on a live stream. This technology is built on top of cloud computing, and it's yeah. enabled by cloud computing and digital business. So uh, I'll just go back to the uh, the three tips that uh, I said earlier. That's right.
That's right. Um, okay. So I want to share a couple of quick comments and then Kara, we've got some images that uh, you and your family had shared with us. We're going to walk through mm -hmm. as well as getting some of your perspective uh, on, you know, what we can expect for the weeks and months and years to come. So uh, really quick folks, you're going to hear it probably 17 more times here just in the next 20 minutes, but check out the link to donate directly to TPF, that team of four, the extraordinary team of four. Uh, Amanda's also dropped a link. If you want to connect with uh, Celine, uh, do that as well. However you can share and uh, connect uh, and support what they're doing. And Shelly said it well. Shelly says there must be a special place for people that try to profit off uh, tragedy. Shelly, mm -hmm. can't agree more. And unfortunately, on every Folks try to profit somewhere uh, about every tragedy, every set of unique, difficult set of circumstances. There's someone out there looking how to make a buck. That's 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 um, that's unfortunate to say the least. Um, all right. So Kevin and Karai, I want to shift gears here, and I want to start with um, we've got a collection of. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Before we we walk through the images, let me make sure I've got my. Here we are. All right, so let's walk through these images really quick, Karai and Kevin, yeah. and tell us tell us what we're seeing here. So, Karai, yeah, that's the hospital in Hatay. Um, wow. That's the front site where generally the uh, ambulances drive up to the emergency. Um, that picture was taken by my cousin, who's a medical doctor in Istanbul, and he was that's it right there. And he's part of UMKE, uh, which is the disaster relief uh, organization, and they basically fly them out uh, the very day out to the worst region there. And he basically mm. gives as a first responder aid to people they get out of the rubble. That's basically the front uh, of where they generally get refreshments. Um, so this is approximately 70 to 80% of the infrastructure is, is destroyed. Um, mm. uh, early numbers wow. suggest $84 billion. What that means in context is Turkey has a GDP of $819 billion. So 10% of the GDP uh, is just destroyed. That's an early, early uh, uh, um, indication. So what we're seeing there is just like uh, part of what Kevin said, um, not mm. following the governance and the amnesty regulations for certain architectural uh, lacks of design and, and, and basically pushing an economy forward on fast pace and not necessarily checking everything out. Right. If you are in a developing country, an emerging economy, then not everything is done the way uh, considering everything. Right. Or most of the people. And when you think about that, uh, this is the consequence, the ultimate consequence. But at the same point in time, we should not forget about the magnitude of that event. So uh, there has been platonic shifts. You can see where three, four meters uh, has been platonically shift. There are breaks in yeah. the crust about 30 meters wide and 10 meters deep. So uh, that is. We may have lost Karai. That happens from time to time. We'll see if we can't get him reconnected. Uh, Kevin, we saw some very. Yeah, powerful images there. Please give us your thoughts as we walk through these. Well, one of the things, uh, Karaya mentioned the the impact on the nation's uh, GDP. That That's true, but there's additional impact based upon the business that has been lost. I mean, he right. was just talking about what has to be replaced what about all of the value that has been lost while this trying to uh, replace this stuff? And the, the, the country is really not doing that well uh, before the earthquake. If you look at the rates of inflation in, in Turkey and uh, clearly the uh, war in Ukraine has had ma a major impact um, on trade through the Bosporus uh, Straits. And the, the, the country makes a lot of its income from that as well. So it's three or four times, the, the impact is three right. or four times uh, what um, Corey was, was mentioning. So, um, you know, it, it, it's horrible. Right. I think we've got, I uh, completely agree, uh, Kevin. Uh, I think we've got Corey back. Corey. Sorry yeah, for that. Yeah. You were, um, so let's pick back up. Uh, please finish your thought there, Karai, and then and then uh, we'll move forward. 
So what I was trying to mention is like, uh, regardless of the strength of the building, this was of such magnitude that uh, some scientists claim this was the biggest earthquake uh, on a crust, not underneath the sea, um, which makes this so much more impactful. And uh, the other thing to mention is when you look at the sheer impact zone, it's about 500 kilometers wide. So I shared one image that I grabbed off uh, Twitter, uh, which I verified though um, with the maps and I checked it. It's about somewhere between northern New York and all the way to southern Washington. And if you think about the zone of impact, it's going to be the biggest construction site on the globe for many years to come with more than 200,000 buildings need to rebuild. So with 10% impact on the GDP, we will see inflationary pressures on the economy. We will see supply chain bottlenecks, especially for fashion industry that has been active uh, in, in that region. It is also the region where generally the Silk Road from China by rail hits the Mediterranean as an alternative route because Russia is blocked. So when you think about the Iskenderun port and uh, Greg and yourself has posted about that with the fire going on, that is a huge uh, uh, choke point for that Silk Road to hit the Mediterranean. Right. Um, and I also, in this context, I don't want to forget about the earthquake not knowing any borders, right? We're looking at Turkey and Syria, and we're looking at a area that has been impacted by war anyway. Um, and when we look at northern Syria and the impact there, we don't know the numbers yet, but some actually, we already know we have over 35,000 casualties. Uh, estimates go up to 70,000. So we have a demographic impact too. Um, mm. We have no infrastructure, airports, uh, railroads. Uh, think about the, the effort that supply chain is centered around now because uh, that's bringing us back to why it's on supply chain now, because supply chain is the key to relief. The right. supply chain is key to rebuild. The supply chain is also the area that will probably uh, suck in a lot of those uh, resources. Think about cement, steel, uh, uh, um, uh, capital equipment, construction equipment. I mean, it's going to be all centralized there. This is this is significant in the magnitude just itself. Man. This is uh, this is really um, uh, it's kind of hard to get your mind mm -hmm. around the the impact uh, of the earthquake in, in Turkey, of course, in Syria and Syria in the region. But the the global impact uh, you mentioned the the Silk Road. Yes, that that's the entryway to Europe uh, and. Right. I mean, I, I said a minute ago about the Bosphorus Straits, but what about the uh, the endpoint infrastructure that's needed uh, uh, in the in the region? All that has to be rebuilt before it could actually accept all of those uh, components they need for rebuilding. So, uh, uh, this is going to be impact for years, years to come. Any other? comments on its impact on the global supply chain? Yeah. On the global supply chain, it definitely will have an impact also in the way Turkey, as much as there is, uh, you know, uh, a very controversial debate about Turkey's role in the Ukraine invasion, uh, sorry, in the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was basically one of those steadier communication channels of uh, NATO and the uh, supporters of Ukraine, allied forces of uh, basically trying to help Ukraine any way possible. And the way to talk to Russia about, for example, the grain was all through Turkey. So if Turkey's priorities shift now internally significantly due to this crisis, how much of facilitation will they be able to do for the Russian invasion of Ukraine crisis right. and the yeah. grain deal that is so impactful for a lot of people that are striked, stricken, or hit by famine. Mm. Um, the same thing comes to, of course, the uh, the situation in Syria anyways, yeah. the refugee yeah. situation. M millions of people displaced on top of more millions to be displaced now. So is that an impact for European immigration? Absolutely. And how is that going to impact supply chains? Uh, the region is also known for aerospace and defense, specifically, you know, drone manufacturing and aircraft uh, parts and maintenance and automotive. Yep. So when you think about that, these are the places that currently are uh, 
basically in focus of uh, a global, global um, sorry, in public procurement. Yes. Mm. When you think the A&D budget's going up. Yeah, right? so yeah. That is, I mean, uh, it's hard to think through, but what we're seeing is Turkey had one of the highest inflations anyway. Mm. Now you have a 10% impact on the GDP significantly. You have a demographic crisis, you have a human crisis. How is that going to then uh, basically impact other regions? Think about Turkey's activity in Northern Africa right. as a peacekeeping force in Libya. Are they going to be able to hold that steady? So there are so many domino effects that we will see in the next 6 to 12 months yeah. to play out especially when Russia is gearing up their forces again and their attacks in Ukraine. Um, this is uh, pivotal, to be honest, yeah. and the worst time ever. Right. And don't forget, NATO, um, Turkey is a NATO ally. That's right. So, right. so right. while we still have, that's a good point, Kevin, um, we still have Karai. Karai, we may not have the best connection with you, but that's okay. Um, I want to make sure, while we still have you, I want to make sure we hit on this initiative that you put together. Uh, and mm-hmm. I've got, a, I think I've got a graphic here. We've got a link. Tell us more about uh, what inspired you here. What you, what you're doing yeah. here. So I wanted to make sure that we provide a platform, like we said, to people who are motivated to quickly align maybe an initiative of trust because in this moment of time trust is of biggest value for any activity so you would give you know your money to the people you trust most right and and i thought maybe people trust me in a way that they 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 have created a a voice a network here and also looking at the vetting in in uh, through gartner um, helped me to get that confidence with the partner that i wanted to choose for this effort and um yeah, I mean, I was surprised that uh, I was getting so much traction too because um, sometimes people just too busy, right? They read the news and walk on, but this has such a magnitude that that I thought, you know, then finding the right Python partner to maximize the dollar. And I have to really say, TPF for people. I mean, how they got the CEO of Chobani donate a million dollar just in the beginning of the mm, second day wow. was amazing, and then another million dollar just to match. I mean, and they're continuing to do that is amazing. So I'm lucky to have found them. Um, and um, again, it's not about me at all, right? Go on to TPF site and donate there. Um, if you like me to do the work and you know collect it and send it, and I, I'm happy to do that. But it was more like 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 Scott says, right? We cannot be deaf on it, and if we're supply chain leaders, we're basically touching every. So that was a little bit um, the motivation behind. Well, Kara, thank you very much for what you do. Um, uh, as I as I mentioned, as Amanda pointed out, Kevin. I mean, goodness mm-hmm. gracious! I, I love how Kara is really making it about TPF, which of course we want to lift that up too. But Kara, yes, you have raised over twelve thousand dollars already, and I think a big portion of that, as I think you mentioned, will be matched by Gartner, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right, Kara? So the total reach will be doubling this thanks to TPFs and Chobani's efforts. So this will become twenty-five thousand wow. dollars, and then on top of that, you know, because Gartner has a tax limitation. But if you compare, like you know, those benefits are great. Five thousand for anything you are charity approved. So on top of that, five. So we're looking right now at thirty thousand. So it's it's that's like how the scaling up about digital business happens, right? So yes. I was only able to collect twelve, but it makes it thirty. How? Well, don't ask me, right? I, I, <laughs> <laughs> ask Kevin. Kevin knows how, okay? And uh, trust in this moment caters everything. Yeah. And digital scales the ability for transparency and your ability of reach. So that's basically a perfect example. 12 makes 30, right? Yeah. How do you do that elsewhere? So let's get really quick. I have two final questions for Karab before we uh, let him go. I'm sure he's got a really busy Monday. Uh, Kevin, first, you respond to what Karab is sharing there, what he's doing, his leadership. I mean, you know, this is the industry needs more folks like Karab, yeah. right? Well, it's, it's all about having that bias towards action. So I, I applaud you, Karab, right? Um, and the other aspect of it is his network is multiplying his effort his efforts and, and once again it's it's the human combined with the digital technology yes that gives you that that extra you know so yep. that force multiplier so uh, that's good that's good love it 
Okay, so Karai, we've got the link. Again, we, we've shared TPF information. We've shared, Amanda shared the link to, to your uh, effort. I mm-hmm. uh, really admire that. Um, let I didn't catch your cousin's name who's there in Turkey. What was your yeah. cousin's name again? His name is Emi. 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 Yeah. And that in translation means basically the one who is sure about what he's doing. Mm. So, <laughs> I mean, there you go. He's living up to his name, you know. Yes. He's very sure about what he's doing. Well, yeah. Godspeed Absolutely. to Amin that's there involved, boots on ground in the relief operations. And we need more people like him as well. Clearly, it's in the blood in, in the yes. Kozai uh, family. I really appreciate that. Finally, Thank one you. final question. I think I'm getting put in the bonus one, but how can folks connect with you? Otherwise, would you suggest LinkedIn maybe? Absolutely. I, I cherish LinkedIn to be such an easy connecting tool, but mm. also email me, reach out, um, you know, it's uh, first name dot last name at gartner.com. Email me if you have any questions. Uh, ping me on LinkedIn. And um, yeah, uh, again, if you have a dollar, a dollar becomes $3. So don't be shy of wow. uh, helping. If yep. you send thoughts and prayers, believe me, there is uh, there is that uh, impact, you know, um, because... Uh, what I saw this morning was 180 hours, uh, somebody trapped, right? And they're still getting them out. Generally speaking, hope is diminishing after 72 hours mm. underneath mm. the rubble. 180 hours later, people are resilient, right? So supply chains needs to be resilient to help the people who are Agreed. fighting yeah. for their lives, literally, right? I'd like to do a, a shout out to the uh, Fairfax uh, first responder team in my local area that flew in. They flew fly into all of the uh, disasters, but they're there on the ground uh, from uh, Fairfax, Virginia, uh, pulling people uh, out of that 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 uh, those buildings. Amazing, yeah, amazing. Um, all right, so big thanks, Kara. I wish we had more time. We'll, we'll be, of course, staying in touch and staying on top of uh, uh, the relief operations. Big thanks again for you and Celine joining us on short notice here today. Uh, Kara Kose, Senior Director Analyst with Gartner. Thank you so much, Kara. Thank you. You guys have a big heart and you walk the talks. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Kara. We'll you talk soon. Oh, Kevin, you know, every once in a while we have a conversation here uh, that I'll be I'll be very frank and transparent. I struggle with how to work through because of mm. suffering and the, the sensitivities and and um, and just just the whole situation. And today's uh, buzz episode certainly hit me like that with like a ton of bricks. Uh, but but good yeah. news, what makes it easier, Kevin? I'd love to get you to respond. Is you lean into the story of the good people like Selene and Karai and Amen. That are out. I mean, that are out there, helping, helping first. You know, seeking to help first, um, and that's that really helps you get through any conversation, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's very emotional, um, and you you can you can think about disasters that have affected your family and extended family. So your heart really goes out uh, to what what's going on. But I'd yeah. I'd like yeah. to also thank you, Scott. Okay for making a decision, it was a very rapid decision, uh, to leverage your, your powerful platform mm. uh, to support uh, the, this effort, which is uh, sorely needed. So uh, thank you and the entire uh, Supply Chain Now team. Yeah, hey, I appreciate that. Big thanks to Amanda and Catherine and Donna and Joshua and Chantel, all those folks that that uh, moved with us and that helped make production happen so we could do this, right? So important. Yeah. Um, okay, so Kevin, uh, on a much, much lighter note, folks, we dropped all mm. the links in there. Please, if you can afford to give anything, please uh, take a moment and do that. It's so needed. Uh, and if you don't you know, select Karai or, or TPF, make sure, as, as we've talked about, make sure you do your homework. Uh, there's tons of bad actors that um, yeah. are there to make a buck. But Kevin, um, mm. Digital Transformers, we, t- we touched on um, one of an upcoming conversations, but uh, how can folks connect with you and, and the app and all the good things you're doing at, at uh, Digital Transformers? Well, I'm actually going to be in uh, San Francisco in real life, IRL, um, in the next couple of weeks uh, attending the NTT uh, Upgrade Reality um, on the 14th of March. So you can catch me IRL there. But online, uh, Digital Transformers here on uh, Supply Chain Now, 
uh, Twitter, Kevin underscore Jackson. And you can always hit me up on uh, LinkedIn. So well, uh, I'll be around. <laughs> yes, you will. Well, hey, really appreciate your, uh, I know um, we kind of reworked what our game plan was here today. Thank you for, mm. for not only um, uh, working with uh, uh, the uh, being flexible, but also yeah. helping to support the conversation. And, and, uh, and, and from this point forward, as we replay uh, Karai and Celine's uh, mission and, and how folks can connect. Um, with that said, how dare said, you insult me? How dare you insult me like but, that? I'm not flexible. I'm fluid, <laughs> baby. I'm fluid. <laughs> what a great way to wrap up today's show. So we don't need flexibility in industry. We need fluidity, and we need. Yes. And kidding aside, we need leaders like Kurai and Celine and their respective teams that respond quickly with uh, good purpose, noble mission, kindred spirits, and most importantly, the outcomes to help folks out there uh, when we in, when we uh, have these disasters and tragedies. So with all of that said, thank you for tuning in here on this, this very unique episode of Supply Chain Buzz. Kevin, thanks for your time again here today. Thank you. Yes, you absolutely. Thank you. And to all of our listeners out there, whatever you do, hey, it's about taking action, right? Deeds, not words. Connect with with one of these initiatives here, or if if not one of these, you know, find a different way to help. But whatever you do, Scott Luton challenging you to do good, to give forward, and to be the change. We'll see you next time right back here on Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now. Supply Chain Now.